Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Empire Life podcast with Allison Ramsey in Empire Life, where we guide entrepreneurs and female founders in scaling their online empires. And we interview entrepreneurs from all around the world on their personal stories and challenges, ups and downs, and how they've overcame and gotten to their personal level of success in the journey. And today we're with Oksana roman Yuk, and she's the founder and CEO of Remote Rockstars. It's a virtual assistant company, and I'll hand it over to her a little bit more to intro herself. Thank you so much for the introduction, Allison, and I'm so happy to be here today with you. Um, yes, so founder and CEO of Remote Rockstars, our company provides virtual administrative assistance and online business management support to entrepreneurs and business owners who are just overextended and overworked and need a little bit of that virtual team help that we rock stars just jump on board and help them manage their business. Nice, nice. And I want to dive right in, Oksana. Let's well, do it. <laughs> you're also going to be a published author coming up in the Empire Life book and congratulations on that coming up. And I wanted to start with the first one, the first question mm -hmm. in you sharing with us a few of the challenges that you've overcame. And I'm sure there's a lot to share because with being a founder, it, I feel it consistently shines a mirror <clears throat> on all the areas where we must look at our personal growth in order to go to the next level, in order to scale the way that we want to and meet our goals. Can you go into that? Absolutely. And I'm so happy to share. And I actually absolutely agree with you as far as the entrepreneurial journey. It's really interesting. Sometimes it gets pretty personal. And that's actually something that I wanted to touch on here is that that personal aspect to the business, because the way how I was raised back in Russia at the very end of the Soviet times, I was taught that business is actually highly transactional and quite impersonal in its nature and that just didn't really sit well with me but i when i was just thinking thinking about just like what am i going to be in um, when i grow up and i was dreaming of being a businesswoman and um when i actually had the opportunity to start remote rock stars i started thinking what is um, what's our culture going to look like what is it going to be feel, feeling like for the clients to be part of our remote rockstars family and so that's when my team and i we kind of got together and we started talking about our company values and what came to the forefront was compassion and kindness so that's kind of became part of like our um, set of values that we practice every day and love and nurture and taking care of our clients. This is just kind of, I guess, our unique value that we bring into the relationship. So all of our client relationships are very much personal and they are like our family and we really stand by and we're passionate about their um, visions and the missions and the client work that they do. So basically impacting the world and then helping the clients be, create that impact and then help them grow their businesses. This is kind of ultimately our mission. But then another um, thing that actually came to my mind right now when we are talking about compassion and kindness is this time when I had in the beginning of the year, I had to go through surgery and my team stepped up to the plate, just really kind of like tackled everything that had to uh, be done in the operations and administration. And I just felt so loved and I just felt so supported by the way, how our clients were reaching out to me and just checking in on me. And they're just like, oh my Aww. gosh, everything's going great, Oksana. Like your team is doing an amazing work. Um, don't even you know, bother to come back or like, don't rush. Just take your time in your healing process. And then I would check in with my team and they're just like, Oksana, we're holding down the fort. Everything is going well. And you know what? Just take your time to heal. And that was just such a kind of like a precious time for me where I really could step away and release the control. And that's what something I also learned in the mm. process of like mm. how to actually step into that kind of like CEO mindset where my company can function without me necessarily being there. Mm. And that my team does know how to handle their autonomy and their responsibilities, their independence and they are just superb in what they do and I'm lucky <laughs> to have them on board. And so that's basically 
kind of like my biggest experience that I've had in the beginning of this year is just really releasing the control and taking the healing time for me that I needed. Mm. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing that story, Oksana. I also completely relate and resonate with releasing the control. That's something that doesn't come naturally to me. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. We, we sometimes have to work so hard for it. We do, we do. And, and it seems we know in our hearts that delegating is the way, that's part of the way to scaling. We know that then in action, it's like, do I really trust? I, I was, someone, one of my clients was bringing that up to me this last week and asking mm-hmm. me, how do I fully trust though? Like I know we, we were talking about, I, we know we need to delegate. Yeah. And it sounds that that experience also led you to, it's okay to let go. It's okay to trust. It's, a, mm-hmm. it's I must delegate right now. There's no other choice on the table that, oh, I'm going to do everything or I'm going to, I'm going to be trusting myself the most. It was, I need this time and I must step into this role. I must trust more and delegate. And yeah, and then the other aspect is like not everyone may not do it in a perfect way as mm -hmm. what we as what we think we would do it that they're doing it in the best way that they can and it's good Mm -hmm. enough. It's good enough, and it's and it's great that we can be a little hands off because then we can focus our energy on you know nourishing the leads that we have coming in or doing a live video or writing a book or other projects that really nurture our soul because we have these amazing people that are doing good enough. They're doing their best. I so agree. (laughs) And I was just going to say that uh, kind of like on the technical side, I definitely, definitely, definitely took some steps to work with the team members, to designate a project manager and to talk to the clients, right. To just kind of prepare for Mm -hmm. that time. But then the other side of it was, my mental space and how I had to shift into taking a break and just being okay with it and uh, letting go of the reins. And then when I came back after surgery, I actually never stepped into that technician role of performing the client work anymore, like speaking the e-myth language. So you're Mm -hmm. a technician and then Mm -hmm. you're a manager and then you're the visionary entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. And so that's that that experience actually allowed me to transition from mm-hmm. that performer of the tasks to being the actual manager and then overseeing uh, things and you're absolutely right it did actually free up some time for the business development maybe to nurture clients and pay a little bit more attention to them and maybe have some personal conversations outside of work and then also some opportunities like talking to you today for instance <laughs> right because otherwise that would be so buried in the client mm-hmm. tasks that i wouldn't mm-hmm. even have the space to um, mental or physical space to create these opportunities and that's that's just really invaluable i'm really grateful it is. It is. I'm grateful to hear your experience um, because that's that's been something that I've gone through too. And I go through waves of being more comfortable with mm-hmm. delegating and how can I do it better? How can I better communicate and really all that personal development and the emotional side, like you said, that it's it's good enough. I trust, I trust my team's going to deliver. They're amazing about what they do. And that also leads me into, I've had a lot of women that I've, that I've supported with an empire life that feel quite uncomfortable with taking on a team mm-hmm. and almost like I'm this warrior and I'm, I'm doing, I'm solo. They're almost wearing this badge of honor that mm-hmm. I'm a solo entrepreneur. May, you may have heard it too. Yeah. And I'm going to do, I either they're worried about, hiring a team or they think it's overwhelming or I was wondering what your thought process is on that and how, what you would tell them. You know, it's um, the resistance comes from different, I guess different areas. And some of it could be fear, fear of releasing control and fear of um, not being able to uphold that perfect reputation and maybe to um, um, look weaker in front of people. 
to their business and not being perfect in front of their clients or their product is just not looking as perfect as they would want. So it's, it's all these different aspects, right? When it comes to the customer service, when it's, it's client work or uh, the service that they really work. So I completely understand it's different types of fears and control is actually a really big part of it. And also, I feel like it's the challenge of that clear communication like you were talking about just now. Mm -hmm. And how can we provide clear instructions and that delegation piece that empowers and sets up our virtual team for success from the very start, right? So, and also the trust. I mean, trust is absolutely huge, the confidentiality aspect of it. And so mm. this is something that we often talk to our clients too, because some of them handle really sensitive information about their clients and mm -hmm. be the payment, the payments be maybe some of their personal records that they have access to or mm -hmm. health records, depending mm -hmm. on what industry they're in. Mm -hmm. So um, a lot of it kind of comes to play into play when making a decision, but ultimately it's basically I feel like making a decision of what's going to work for you and what's going to support you the best uh -huh. and what's the best time or like what's the best way to use up your energy and time and what's your zone of genius is. And if um, I actually affirm, I'm a firm believer that I personally cannot do everything by myself. So my team members actually help a lot, not only with the client work, but also with internal administrative and operational things mm -hmm. with remote rock stars. Mm -hmm. And um, and I think you you know we just uh, talked about this that we cannot also possess all the skills and know how to do everything. <laughs> oh my goodness! And For honestly, sure. I sometimes don't even have interest in learning everything. Me too. Like, Same. It's just not Same. my cup yeah. of tea. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so that's when I welcome these people to my team to just really compliment us and um, mm -hmm. and let them strive um, or thrive actually in their zone of genius rather than me trying to learn everything. I completely agree. I, I, I feel that way about graphic design. I know I can do it. It will take me three times as long to do one of the designs and it probably won't be as great. Yeah. As one of our graphic designers will take them you know, half, half, one third the time and it will be off the charts amazing mm -hmm. and exactly what the client wants. So right. what's the point of me spending all that time doing it when I can have somebody on my team or the same for me, like with copywriting or with our book project, with the editing. I know that I'm not necessarily the best. That's why we have two editors Mm -hmm. on the team now and we have a copywriter on the team that works with our clients if they need that and I'm not gonna say to my clients oh yeah I'll write all the copy for you <laughs> I just tell them honestly I'm gonna need you to write the copy I'm building all the infrastructure that's my zone of genius to make it easy to take your copy and then put it plug it in and put it where it needs to go I can guide you I can look over it my team can read over it um, included in the contract mm -hmm. so we won't we we're not going to write it unless you want the copywriter on the project which is going to be you know an extra in the project so. and you know the way how I look at it it brings them joy mm -hmm. that's why they mm -hmm. chose this craft or this skill or just to deliver this service mm -hmm. because they really take joy in performing this task and so why take that away from them <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah. Exactly. I find a lot of joy working or managing the software team and being more of the visionary with building out the infrastructure to put the copy in. Right. Yeah, so I love, that's my joy. And, mm -hmm. or the, the digital marketing, setting up all of the Facebook and Google ads. So then we can put the copy in there. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Right. The, the writing part or English class, even in school, not my joy. <laughs> right and so the yeah. account managers on our team for instance sometimes they say that I do not want to go and do business development uh, mm -hmm. uh, work and so I do not want to hunt for clients or I do not want to mm. have these discovery calls and conversations and mm -hmm. I love that I yeah. love getting to know people and I love meeting new people learning about them and their businesses and I just thrive in that environment so it's kind of like a good complimenting again, just like work, right? So they're really loving yeah. performing the tasks. I really love making connections and networking. It's something where 
you know, I put my energy and time into and yes, yeah, so that's, it's, it's a good, good combination and balance. I agree completely. And that leads me also to the next one. Oksana, you had mentioned about resistance mm-hmm. and how that comes up for us. It may come up in our personal life, in business or both. I've, or I've heard the saying before, how you do business is how you do everything. Mm-hmm. And what, what do you think is the best way or, or how do you personally handle when you start to have some of that resistance come up and to know, because I've heard from a lot of female founders, it's like, is this mean that it's a no or is this resistance? Yeah. How do you differentiate that too? I feel like my answer is going to be a really, a little bit non-standard in the sense that um, very recently I learned about human design and mm. my friend told me that I am the manifesting generator. Me and, too. Oh, oh my awesome. gosh. <laughs> the <course>. way, right, <laughs> the way how she was describing to me, mm. um, you know, like my areas of strength and kind of like my energy flow in the body and everything. It just a lot of things really clicked for me. And a lot of things started making more sense in the, in the way how I approach things in life. And so talking about resistance, for me, I've kind of realized that it's more about me getting quiet and getting to my neutral state. It's not making a decision or finding a solution or trying to come up with an explanation where the resistance is coming from, from mm-hmm. my low or high It's Mm -hmm. actually trying to get to that neutral state um, Mm. where I'm fully present and not attached to any outcome. And so kind of trusting in that state, then if it's not meant to be, it's not meant to be. Mm -hmm. If it's going to happen, it's going to happen. And just really relying on that perfect timing i really do believe that everything does happen at its own perfect timing and um and not to get like too woo-woo about this but i do trust the universe that Mm -hmm. it does send us experiences decisions and solutions and obstacles and challenges sometimes when we do need to get challenged to grow or to just be more trusting of ourselves to just a little bit of like that test and, uh, you know, reward kind of like that sometimes mm-hmm. we get. I really do believe in, in that kind of balance in life, but mostly it's just getting to neutral and then listening to my inner voice. Like I do mm. trust it, honestly. Mm. Mm-hmm. Completely. Wow. Yeah, that's so cool that we're both manifesting generators. <laughs> what um how how you with the visualization like is that something that you because she said that there I think a couple of um types visualizing when it's just um something like really tangible with that you're seeing in the in an image and something Mm -hmm. it's just like when you desire something and that's just enough do you know which type you are because I'm not I'm not yeah what can you can you go yeah. yeah can you tell me more about yours Yeah. So she said in a way how I guess like the chakras were located and just Mm -hmm. like my areas of activation and strength. Um, Mm -hmm. So she was saying that very specific visualizations are going to be working the best for me. Like if I visualize a pen, like to the very, very like little minutiae details, then this is the best way for me to manifest something into reality. Okay by this specific vision. So she's like, if you see something in the magazine and you just love it and you want that item or you want something desire, just Mm -hmm. cut out a picture and put it on your vision board and look at it and visualize the exact specific details and they'll come true. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I love it. I mean, well, maybe you can connect me with her and she can go more into it. I had a few, yeah, I I would love to go more into that. I have a Mm -hmm. feeling that that, I I feel connected to what you're saying that mm-hmm. it prob- that it it definitely resonates with me. Mm-hmm. And I had a few sessions with a lady named Pam, mm-hmm. and she's actually local in Austin. And we went kind of de- in the detail about it. And one thing that stood out for me that she was telling me about how I receive is I need to allow the process of receiving. Mm-hmm that I may have been told before growing up and you probably as well, like you got to go, you got to do, 
and we have a lot of energy as manifesting generators. So we're like, Oh, well, I can do a little bit more and I can do yes. more. And just like, you gotta, like you were saying, come back to your natural state, focus more on the outcomes that you want and it will come to you. Yeah. And you will get the invitation and then it will be right. But you, you need to open up more, a little bit more, allow that space for invitations to come in mm-hmm. from listening to God and the universe. Yeah. Instead of, it, I tend to go, I can, if I'm not careful, go into forcing things to happen. And I don't even realize that I'm forcing it. Well, let's say the difference of sending out 30 uh, podcast invitations as opposed to waiting and having you know really amazing, amazing friendships and building relationships and then having those women when they express an interest to me on the podcast that it feels in alignment like that difference in that or or inviting someone or somebody reaches out to me to to have a empire life support them as opposed to reaching out to people that I don't know very well every day I kind of kind of allowing the space do you find mm-hmm. that to be true for you too well, generally receiving, I feel like mm-hmm. this is kind of like a hard thing for a lot of us. And mm-hmm. for me in particular, because I do find myself, and just like I mentioned earlier, I'm more of just like nurturing and taking mm-hmm. care of people. But then how I often ask myself, like, Oksana, what have you done to fill up your love tank? Mm-hmm. Where, where is your mm-hmm. energy level, right? And so... Um, that's why, you know, maybe having a morning routine, a quiet time. And I actually have it on my calendar as like a quiet morning. Oh, perfect. One hour when I truly recharge. And then I feel like I'm more prepared and ready to be completely present and then share mm. my energy with everyone who I come in touch with every day. And so, yes, receiving is hard. And sometimes we have to create the space for it, for it to actually mm-hmm. happen. And giving just comes so natural to us. And I know um, that I tend to be sometimes overgiving with our clients and oversharing of mm-hmm. just my personal time. And maybe sometimes even volunteering our team members to participate in some of the tasks and projects. And so, um, Yes, definitely that's present and I am learning how to be more aware of it, just practicing that awareness and uh, not putting myself last. And um, that's why quiet mornings are on my calendar. (laughs) And then I I also have like a sacred time block also on my calendar where it's different, usually more like active um, like my body nourishing activities like yoga mm. or maybe mm. meditation or kundalini yoga. I love those because it's kind mm. of a combination of both. Um, yeah, something like that. And what do you do exactly in your morning routine? Oh my goodness. My morning <laughs> routine is usually a cup of coffee out on the balcony and we have two cats. So my kitties bring me the most amount of joy. I feel like an energy in the morning, just watching them being close with me or playing with each other, running around. It really does bring me a lot of joy even to play with them and then maybe brush them. It's just that really quiet time. Also the time when I have a chance to catch up with my family in Russia because of the time difference. Mm. So that's when I devote some time to hop into Viber. We have a family channel there to just check their messages or maybe even give them a call real quick and connect with them and check in. So that's kind of like my family, truly my family time, including my kitties. (laughs) (laughs) Well, your kitties are your family too. (laughs) Yes. Do you have a morning routine, something that happens for you, something special in the morning? I aim to always, depending on how quick the morning is, I, I, or how many calls I have on certain days, I aim to have 10 to 20 minutes of meditation. Just, mm-hmm. I just lay down and I'm still for that time. And I check in where, with where I'm feeling tension mm-hmm. in my body and aim to let that go before I start my day and nourish myself with affirmations coming back to center checking in with with how my emotions are what I'm feeling 
Mm-hmm. And then I have times throughout the day where I do that too. And my daughter's like, are you okay? <laughs> she sees me all the time laying on the yoga mat or meditating. <laughs> I love affirmations, positive affirmations mm-hmm. that actually has come into my practice a little bit in the gratitude journal that I just started last week. Oh, great. And I am honestly <laughs> feeling so excited about it. And I was just like, why shouldn't, like, why didn't I do this mm-hmm. before and like why has it taken me so long to actually you know implement this practice where everyone's talking so much about gratitude and mm-hmm. that that's a beautiful practice to incorporate and uh mm-hmm. well, let's see what kind of like what else <laughs> unfolds for me but so far it's really uplifting it's fascinating how uh well in my in my romantic relationship i've noticed or i'll remind him that you know, we can't be angry and grateful at the same time. So when we shift and we may not be, there may be some resistance to shifting because there's Uh something in the anger that's serving us. So shifting that energy to gratitude allows us to let go of more negative emotion or negative experiencing emotions like frustration, anger, and get in touch with, it, it completely shifts. And I, I find that, yeah, I find that really interesting to remind ourselves too, that when we're upset, like, what is it, what is it that I'm really grateful for in this? Or how is this situation serving me? What might I be learning if we can't quite find something that we're grateful for because we're just too angry, <laughs> which I have experienced. It's like, what, what might I be, how is this serving me? Mm-hmm. Uh, because I, I know and then I also ask myself, what am I really upset about? What's really going on here? And aiming to kind of peel back the layers. What's the core feeling of this? And why? And then why am I grateful that this core feeling is coming up? And how can I give? So the underneath the layers, if we discover, oh, I'm, I'm not feeling loved mm-hmm. by XYZ person. How can I give myself love right now? That might be, that leads me back to, that might be an affirmation of I am love. I already am love. Therefore, I don't necessarily need someone outside of me to, yeah. to show me this or to demonstrate this. I can be still and I can give myself love and I actually am, my whole being is love. I so believe it. Yes. And one more question that I actually mm-hmm. usually add to this is what would love do? Yeah, exactly. Especially yeah, when I'm I angry love that. and yes. my, like my whole being, my attitude changes. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so magical, right? How like these simple questions have so much power actually in completely changing our reaction to things and like our attitude. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Our vibration, our energy, just like, yes, like all of this. Even with, with clients, I, I asked myself that, I think it was a few weeks ago, usually clients need to give a 30-day notice to myself or my team if okay. they want to renew or not renew their contract. And with everything going on, one of our clients forgot, <clears throat> and she is having some financial things going on. Mm. And I asked myself, what would love do? And love would understand, love would have compassion, mm love wouldn't be like oh well you know you didn't let us know so it was like whenever you're ready you know you can renew the contract and Mm -hmm. don't worry about anything so that helped me to to answer how to approach that situation yeah Yeah. because like you said it's not transactional they're they're family and i know that she's gonna renew her contract when she's ready i know that she's gonna continue to do amazing things. I agree. It's sometimes very difficult, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I feel like it's kind of borderline as far as like, how do I protect still myself, my business, my team too, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. is dependent sometimes on that income or that workload and task load, everything that comes with it. And then how do I still stay loving and warm to mm-hmm. this person and supportive of where they are, no matter where they are in their business journey? Exactly. And she, yeah, she was beyond appreciative, beyond like, uh, you didn't have to do this and you didn't have to be this compassionate towards me. And now I'm even completely on board with renewing the contract as soon as I can, 
you know, created the opposite effect of uh, w- with the compassion. It it gets us more of the results that <laughs> we would like. I completely agree. Mm -hmm. And Alison, the thing is that it's not just that particular relationship, I feel like that we're in. Mm -hmm. It's also what can, what else can come out of that relationship? And what if she's just so impressed with the way how you deal with their relationship with the the quality of work that you guys provide that it could be a potential referral too, Mm -hmm. because she would want someone else to be as supported and as happy as she felt when working with you. So you just never know. (laughs) <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. She she said that too. Like, and and whenever I'm gonna refer friends, and mm-hmm. was, she had she had so much love to give to give back, and mm-hmm. I received a lot of love and compassion, you know, back from her too. You know, with oh, with that's that. And, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I okay. I want to go. I want to transition to in the next one after resistance is. Mm-hmm. Or, or maybe we touched on this a little bit as we're doing our affirmations. We may have, you know, mm-hmm. how do we navigate through more negative emotions when we feel um, like I felt at first somewhat disappointed and let down. Why didn't, you know, why didn't she let mm-hmm. me know ahead of time? And then transitioning into having compassion and she must have a lot of things going on. These are crazy times right now and coming from a place of love and understanding and what would love do. And that then I answered and that allowed me to flow into that space. It's a completely different energy as opposed to being frustrated <laughs> and then reflecting that. How, how do you have flow into or let go of negativity? It would be very easy for me probably to say that I just don't let it get to me. <laughs> <laughs> And it's not quite true. There's always going to be people or things happening in life that just maybe don't resonate with me, that um, don't resonate with our mission just as a company or my team or our level of experience, our mission, just the way how we handle things. And that's perfectly normal because not everything has to be my cup of tea, honestly, in life. And also I feel like negativity oftentimes these days comes from social media when we actually don't have like a full story of what's happening in person's life, what their experiences are like. And then it's just this very small glimpse that we get into their life and then we make judgments and conclusions. And it's kind of like really easy to fall into that trap of criticism or negativity that comes from that. So having said that, having said all that, I kind of just try to step back and again, take a break and really evaluate myself to get quiet with myself and then again listen to my inner voice that gut feeling whatever people call it the the intuition and then when it comes to do with our company then I talk to my team actually we we have a very um, tight relationship just as um, us as a team and so I share with them my experience I actually use like this technique of crucial conversations. It's actually a book Mm. that talks a little bit about this shared pool of knowledge, especially when Mm. a few people are involved in a situation where negativity takes place, be it with the clients or between our team members that actually Mm -hmm. has never happened before. But, you know, I'm just imagining. Knock on wood. Yeah, that's awesome. (laughs) If it were to happen, I would definitely engage this technique as far as, you know, I present my side of the story the other person talks about their side of the story. We mm-hmm. mostly operate on facts, not so much on emotions, mm-hmm. but then we share this pool of knowledge. And th- that's the collection of that information that sheds the light on actually what might have happened, right? Like where that misunderstanding happened or where the negativity could have been born and come, uh, come from. And so that's, um, that's what helps me a lot. I feel like in handling these difficult conversations with family, friends, like anyone that kind of comes into my place, again, just inviting them into that safe space of just let's, let's talk it out. And I am very honest and transparent with, I try to be as much as I can, mm-hmm. like with everyone in my life. And actually honesty is something and integrity is part of my values for, especially for 2020 to start like being more of my authentic self. And so 
again, like when negativity come, comes through, I'm just using, throwing those crucial conversations at it. Like let's resolve the, the situation and move on and just have clean and clear hearts as far as like we're moving forward. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely, I, I feel the same way. And with, with clients, I would like them to just tell me if something was coming up for them or hop on a call and talk it through. I, I've had, yeah, I, I completely resonate with what you're saying. I've had a lot of experience where my heart was beating and my, my, my palms were sweating. At the same time, I knew it was going to help our hearts be more clean and pave a healthier way forward mm-hmm. or healthier future. And it's worth it to step into that discomfort if it feels in it might most likely feel uncomfortable because our bodies feel that we're in a conflict yeah a lot of times if we hear a tone of voice that maybe we don't agree with or we're hearing something that could be taken offensively we need to let go of that's not personal probably a lot of times once we dive deeper we understand a lot of times it's not it's not personal and what we thought it was about it may not even be about what, what we thought. <laughs> it's maybe, because it's, it's probably about they went to the grocery store and somebody was rude to them at the grocery store. Right. It's to simplify the situation. And, or they had a bad dream. Mm-hmm. So many different things. And, and then they were worried or they started overanalyzing things at some point. And so I, I do agree to be patient. Step into fully hearing the person fully aiming to accept them and letting go of anything that might seem personal most of the time it's not personal to to what we're going through or to to what they're experiencing that allows us to have compassion for them and the full the bigger picture to that and hopefully they're open and transparent too sometimes we may uncover it's because of my, when I was seven, my dad said something to me that was similar. Mm-hmm. And I started thinking, well, that sounds like my dad. And I didn't like it when my dad did that. But again, not personal to the other person. And getting clear, too, I think, on their real intentions. I always love sharing our stories because everyone comes in with their own way of thinking. Maybe Mm -hmm. sometimes it's triggers from the childhood or from previous experiences. And maybe this is something where they are right now on their journey, personal or professional, doesn't matter. It's just when I feel like we step into the safe space and share in the pool of knowledge, then that gives us a real insight into what is happening. And I honestly bring in a little bit more of like a feeling aspect to it too. I actually let them know how I feel in the moment. Like I feel threatened or Mm -hmm. I feel like my insecurities are coming up and here's Mm -hmm. the insecurity that I'm experiencing right now. And so I feel like, again, like that gives a little bit more depth to the conversation. That's great. Yeah. And instead of just talking about the actual kind of like the surface level of just like, well, you did that and I did that so in response it does, to it, yeah it doesn't so, solve anything <laughs> yeah. right yeah. but um like the triggers yeah. definitely come from some something else that is a little bit deeper inside and so it, it's uh i feel like in especially in my relationships with friends and family i try to um to go just a little bit down into like that actual iceberg that's like underneath <laughs> the water right <laughs> yes yeah. yeah and and that leads me to also especially with women asking for what we need and being able, allowing the space to receive that. For example, if I didn't sleep well and I'm in a probably a different kind of energy that I'm a little less patient, maybe with the people around me, I need to ask for, if I want them to be more patient with me would be, more wise for me to say, hey, I didn't sleep well last night and I'm, I'm sorry if I seem a little less patient with you. Please, can you please understand that or, or please have a little bit more understanding of, of mm-hmm. me today. <laughs> and then that gives the other person, like you were saying, going deeper to understand 
or saying, I feel really overwhelmed probably because I didn't sleep well, that tends to, I feel a little more, I'm less able to handle everything. Mm -hmm. Thank you for your patience today with me. Absolutely. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, I start our one-on-one -on -one team meetings and mm -hmm. I just say, Camille, you know, like, how are you doing today? Because I am not doing so hot and I don't know what the is bringing and just what, what our client portfolio is going to look like in a couple of months, who knows what's going to happen. And I'm just a little worried. And, and then she just comes in and says, Oh my gosh, Oksana, like we're doing so well. Every, everyone's keep giving us tasks. Like I stay busy. Paulina stays busy on our, on our team. Everything's going to be fine. It feels like everything is going great. So let's just worry about whatever happens tomorrow, tomorrow. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah. You know, it's just a very teeny tiny kind of like pep talk. And, and at the same time, I feel like she listens, she understands. And again, like I feel supported and, and it's just, again, like that mutual exchange of energy and support that uh, is absolutely amazing it is amazing mm -hmm. i'm so grateful for you too that you have that that you've built that and you've allowed the space mm -hmm. for the support in your life mm -hmm. and i i also wanted to go a little deeper with you oxana into a childhood story that might come up for you when you reflect on why you're doing what you're doing in the world oh my gosh i feel like my childhood story, and this is probably something a little bit unusual um, here to talk about this because I was born at the very tail end of the existence of the Soviet Union. So that was, I still caught a few years of um, a lot of transition and a big transformation was happening with Russia at the end of beginning 90s, kind of like in the middle, even of the 90s when the market economy started coming into the country and people were just not quite ready to fully transition from communism, right? When everything was shared, work mm. was given to them and it was kind of, like, again, like shared economy when it was transitioning into a more individualistic, um, like a capitalist society and people were lost. A, a mm -hmm. lot of people just didn't know what to do. And so I feel like that was the time when I shared with you earlier where business was viewed as highly transactional and impersonal and just a way to earn income and to make money. And so I feel like that was also the inception of my idea that I'm just going to one day become a businesswoman. I will have my own business. I'll be totally independent and I'll be making a lot of money. So I feel like that that's the story that I was telling myself when I was a little girl. And I was watching my family members trying to make it and trying to live with that new market uh, market economy. And then I was watching other people taking advantage of the new changes in, um, in, in my country. And so that I feel like all of that like fueled and inspired my own desire to create something of my own. But then once I actually had a chance to become the businesswoman after having worked in different industries and having accumulated all this amazing experience that I have, then came the questions as far as like, well, what my company is going to look like? What kind of clients do I actually want to work with? Like what's going to be that quality of life that I'm creating for myself, for my clients and my team, and what's the company culture is going to be like, and definitely not transactional, not impersonal, how I, I was taught, and like we already talked about this, and so I feel like in those times of the transition in Russia, a lot of people flocked together, in a sense, to support each other through those um, very dramatic changes, and maybe, again, like that nature of nurture and love and support each other as a community. That's what comes really on the forefront for me. And that's what I actually tell all of my virtual assistant community and just the remote workers, the community that we're creating is to definitely stay plugged in and connected mm -hmm. with your colleagues and partners and maybe accountability circles, people who can nourish and support you when you need that the most and especially working working virtually can be a pretty lonely journey and mm -hmm. could be isolating so um i feel like that was probably like a much longer answer than you but yes it's a little bit of a snapshot of just like what my childhood looked like <laughs> so to to clarify you saw a lot of your relatives starting up their own businesses when you were growing up wow that's right mm -hmm. wow that's incredible mm -hmm. yeah 
Um, I guess there is a little bit of, I didn't even realize, you know, like until I started kind of like right now talking about the, um, the resurgence of the entrepreneurs in Russia. Mm -hmm. I was like, yes, a lot of people started their small businesses. For instance, my, um, my cousin and uh, my, my uncle in Ukraine, like they started their locksmith business and they were installing doors. And I don't know why Russia and Ukraine are so obsessed with their entry doors being certified. They're just like (laughs) safe doors, like so protected and thick and several locks that are, that go into it. And so that's kind of like was part of their business. And um, again, maybe giving that sense of security to people that they are inside their fortress and they're safe. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they, they're very, very successful till this day. And that business was born and they, at the end of the Soviet era and the same goes for my dad and um, my brother also, you know, played with that a little bit. So I guess I do have a family of entrepreneurs. <laughs> I didn't even realize that. Wow. You might've, you might've saw it like that's just their business not necessarily like they are entrepreneurs or starting up new projects because it sounds True. like they had, they had built they built it quite quickly right and you know like successful when previously they would you know complain sometimes a little bit oh my gosh this is so it's so hard to find good talent people who are mm-hmm. dedicated and loyal and i kind of could never relate really until i started building my own team and i was just like oh yes now i get it i get it yeah <laughs> It's, it's hard to find quality people that are mm-hmm. committed to and passionate about your work as much as you are. It's so true. And I do feel like it goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning too, of letting go of some of that control and understanding that no one besides us, <laughs> since it's our business, no one will be, no one will match that and might put as much blood, sweat and tears into it as we will. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's good enough it's their best. It's, it's their, they're showing up. Uh, that, that for me is what I tell myself because I, I need to adjust that standard that they're not me. I'm not necessarily replicating myself. They're not expected to care about it as much as I do. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That helps me. Yes. So we um, internally, we try to stay on top of our professional development. Mm -hmm. And one of Mm -hmm. actually our company goals this particular year is to elevate our professional experience. So oftentimes um, as, as a business owner, I give access to our team members to different courses and programs that I feel like could be valuable to them on something that they're interested in. In the team survey, we, we actually have one of the questions as far as like, what are the professional courses or memberships or associations you would be interested in? And, and, and then I feel like that creates kind of like a ripple effect as far as like, they are in turn sharing some of the exciting courses and programs that they come across and they oh. invest in and just like, here you are. Here's like an Instagram <laughs> course with uh, Hillary Rushford. Like she's amazing. Let's all do it. And, I love uh, it. and it's, it's a lot of fun because then in our team meetings, we share that experience together and we elevate each other's personal and professional development. Right. And then we invest into it and we discuss, and I love that camaraderie that we have. Um, that is a great idea. <laughs> Thank you. And, and if you guys, you know, all the listeners, that's a great idea to incorporate into your team to, to continue because it's one thing to say we're always learning. It's another thing to actually put it into action and be continuing to grow and learn together in our personal development. Yeah, very true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that idea. And if you were starting a business right now, Oksana, from scratch, completely new business, what would be five things that you wish you had known before that you know now? that you would totally do in your new company? (laughs) Oh my gosh, this is such a good question because (laughs) being a virtual assistant and now a certified online business manager, our work, I feel like, is based on that perfection and that high quality of service that we deliver to our clients. And it's hard to always be perfect just because we're human and some days are good days and some days are not so good and so mistakes are basically part of our learning experience Mm. and progress and our professional improvement and knowing and just being okay with mistakes and errors that sometimes happen. I feel like 
that's something that took me a long time to just kind of like arrive to the understanding that it's 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 okay it's okay when things sometimes don't come out perfect like you were just sharing a minute <laughs> ago and um mm -hmm. and in internally in our team we always say that it's okay to make mistakes, correct it, you know, and just maybe bring it up to the client, discuss it with them, learn from it, but then try not to make it again, right? Like if mm -hmm. there is a standard operating procedure that needs to be created, if there is some type of a process or workflow that can help you prevent that mistake, please incorporate that, create that, and so we can mm -hmm. move on and learn from it. And then another thing is that I feel like also in the virtual space and even offline, we sometimes tend to be very competitive. So not comparing mm -hmm. yourself to, to others. And it's very, again, easy to do in the age of social media. Again, when we see like those pretty pictures and mm -hmm. we do not quite have access to the behind the scenes and everything that happens in someone's life. And just remembering that our life circumstances are unique. Our life is unique. And our experiences, our experience and trying to remember not to compare it to anyone else and just mm -hmm. thrive and carve out your own path and just go do it the way how you would do it. Another thing is like, I feel like criticism and it goes well together with our conversation about negativity too. Mm -hmm. just learning from people who criticize you. And I actually have a quote from a, an author, Eric Greitens in his book, Resilience. He says that, some people try to live life without criticism by shrinking themselves. Mm. And they try so to make, right? They, they try to make ah. themselves invisible. Mm -hmm. And you know what happens then? It's not that they just diminish themselves and fail to live their best lives. All of that happens, of course. But you know what happens? Uh, what else happens is that people criticize them for being invisible. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's, it's, just true. it's really funny because um, ultimately I feel like the criticism comes from that fear of rejection that we're afraid to experience in our life, but it's, mm -hmm. but it's more so our reaction to the criticism that's actually at the core it's of true. the problem. It and is, so it is. I completely, yeah, I see that. And when we're truly showing up, I, I remind myself related to this topic that people are going to criticize us no matter what. Yes. <laughs> so you might as well just do your thing and yeah. show up and because you're going to receive it either way. Yeah. And then like so, you said, once you decide, once you do receive it, because it is coming, period. And mm -hmm. once we do receive it, then we get to choose. We have the choice of how we want to respond to it. Exactly. And asking ourselves, is this going to help if I respond in this way? Is this going to keep going? Is this a person that I want in my, if it's a family member, for example, we, we don't necessarily have to think in that way. We, we can't just be like, oh, I'm not talking to this person anymore. <laughs> but we can choose if we want to internalize it, how we, we decide to let it go, how we decide to credit the source. Is that uh, me personally, I'm the only entrepreneur within my immediate family. So sometimes I may, they may not fully be able to comprehend or understand at a deep level what it is we're going through as, as founders. And that's okay. So when they're giving me advice, that might not be the perfect credible source because they haven't lived through it personally. Mm -hmm. At the same time, they are aiming to protect me and watch out for me. So I do need to listen. I do need to be respectful and hold the space for their feedback. Those like, you know, having that balance between with the, I feel with the criticism, it's coming and it's a good sign too. It means that you're actually showing up. The more you get the, that's like to tell yourself, I'm not doing anything wrong here. I'm on the right path because people are criticizing me <laughs> or unsolicited advice. Um, I get a few messages oh almost every day with, I'm like, wait, okay. All right. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, I can so relate. Yes. <laughs> I mean, on the one hand, we'll try like criticism not to bring us down and mm -hmm. just maybe encourage us to be better. On the, on the other hand, surrounding 
ourselves with people who would cheer us about their, our successes and who would stand by and, you know, who would want us to succeed. But then they also have a thing or two to say. <laughs> and sometimes it's not always um, pleasant to hear it or receive that information. But I feel like having those people that would genuinely actually want to invest their energy, their time, um, and their kindness into sharing their feedback with us and having those people like in our inner circle, like our mm -hmm. pillars of strength. Right. And, um, so it could be our industry leaders. It could be uh, the inspirational gurus and maybe personal development figures. I actually try to always have people that surround me in that like inner circle. And, um, and even then, right. So welcoming that feedback, it's just like, okay, this is, this is just not my day. How about tomorrow? <laughs> yeah. I will listen to you. Yeah. That, that leads to another question I've learned when I was a teenager, I think I tended, I, I tend to be very overly protective of people that are closest to me. And so I can tend to go into, have you thought about this? And, oh, this all to do this and feel that I'm really protecting them and sharing with them. I've learned to take a step back and ask, do you feel like this is a good time for you to receive some feedback that I have about X, Y, Z? Yeah. And releasing, if they say, oh, no, no, I'm overwhelmed. I'm just not quite in the headspace right now to hear you. Okay, I'll, we can revisit that later, no worries. I understand more how to support them in that moment. And I invite others closest to me to ask me too, <laughs> because I may not be in the headspace to receive it. And then if someone is not in the headspace to receive your feedback, what's the point of you spending the energy and time and actually saying it to them because they're not absorbing it anyways? I actually find <laughs> this is such a compassionate approach because sometimes I feel like I personally uh, maybe come off a little selfish in that way, how I deliver feedback as far as like, oh, look at me, I have all this professional experience and I, I wish you well. And so here's my feedback. But then I don't take into account like what headspace, what mental space, maybe it's just really not a good day for the person. And I do not ask for that consent. Is it okay for me to deliver it? So I, I absolutely love this. Something that I'm actually going to borrow and just use in my Oh, personal. okay. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, in, in yes. personal relationships too, um, or with our parents, or is this a good time for you? Or even if I call somebody, sometimes I'll ask them that too at the beginning of the call. Is this a good time for you to, mm -hmm. to talk right now? Or, and I think we forget sometimes how sensitive topics are for people yeah. too. And if they're in an overwhelmed especially with everything going on in the world right now, they're already in that kind of tizzy, dizzy, kind of overwhelmed headspace. It, mm -hmm. it can make it, it can make it very difficult to allow the space to receive what we're saying. And it, they, they make it triggered easily, more easily too. If they're, they didn't sleep well, or they're already feeling emotional about something else. Absolutely. <laughs> Yes, just being a little bit more compassionate and especially I feel like in the virtual space too, like when we actually don't have a physical access to to the person and uh, also mm -hmm. just never knowing what's happening in that person's life. And that's actually comes to some of the negativity and criticism too, because sometimes it's actually not about us. It's about something that they're going through and it just comes out that way publicly that maybe they just don't even intend, but it's just there. It's true. I've asked women that before. Uh, um sometimes I'll get paragraphs of, of on a message um, about them, them feeling they're, they're seeing it like they're giving me advice or they're giving me feedback, but I didn't necessarily even ask. And I'll be like, Hey, is, it, is everything okay with you? You know, like it, coming from the place of wanting to check in, wanting mm -hmm. to check in with that person, because you're right. It, there is something going on too with, that person are they they have a need they want maybe they want to feel significant they want to feel seen and heard they mm -hmm. have great things to share and they i know thinking about it, they probably don't have a uh, poor intention when somebody some people do have malintentions when they're giving us criticism 
And if there's somebody in our network or somebody in our family, most likely it would be good probably to think that they feel a responsibility to watch out for us mm-hmm. or to share their previous experiences with us. And that's something to be honored, right? Uh, absolutely. And, you know, in the, in the realm of, or the area of authentic relationship or authentic relating games and circling, for instance, like just as a, as a practice, it's kind of like, part oh, I, I love those games. <laughs> yes. Like part relational practice. Um, the core question there, what is it like being you right now? Mm. So first of all, it brings us to the present. And second of all, it gives us a chance to share truly where we are. Mm. And that could look like so many different things for different people. Mm, I'm going to borrow that question. I'm writing that mm-hmm. down. Yeah. What is it like being you right now? And I honestly, sometimes I feel like it's just a very good question to even start any type of interaction with a person. So that again, like you can, especially if you mm-hmm. feel like you're about to dive into a deeper conversation to really establish that kind of like base ground, right? Like mm-hmm. what, where are we starting? Like, where is our base? <laughs> Exactly, exactly. And on some level, I feel we're all responsible for processing our own emotions and processing where we are, which is why the morning routine, meditation, prayer, journaling, Mm -hmm. all of those are imperative that we're, when we take that time for ourselves, we're also giving back to the other people because we've around us because we've already processed we're not inviting them we're not asking them to process things for us we're taking that accountability the self-love self-care time to then come at it come towards our life in a way that i i'm very clear i have clarity i know what i desire i know what i want in the situation mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah and it actually brings me um to this question here a little bit about like the values and I'm, I keep kind of like coming back mm-hmm. to this as far as our company values. And I feel like as a, as a founder of a company or as owner, inevitably you just bring in your personality and like your personality into it. And just like you were sharing right now, that communication, right? That clear communication between everyone and the honesty too. Mm-hmm. I mean, being honest in that communication and sometimes it feels uncomfortable and maybe it's unpleasant and uh, be the feedback that we have to or uh, fix up some of the errors or mistakes that come through and then also that compassion factor i mean that's just basically transcends everything (laughs) that we do on the personal or the professional level i love it and before we hop off oksana what do you feel like are three of the top concepts you would like to leave the audience with Ooh, three concepts. Um, let's see. So I would probably um, maybe come from the perspective of like my professional knowledge and just what I observe now in our Remote Rockstars Club community on Facebook mm-hmm. and the, um, the way how people and our members reach out to me. So a lot of people are now entering the virtual space because of the challenging times that we're in. And a lot of them feel not so confident and maybe a little discouraged because they, they already see so many businesses and entrepreneurs existing in the, and thriving in the virtual space that they're just like, well, what can I add? What kind of value? What, what else can I bring to stand out? And so that's what I actually wanted to um, mention as number one is that don't be afraid to stand out and to let your mm-hmm. personality come through and shine because there is always something unique that you can mention in the, in the job application or you can mention in your call with the potential client. Just basically stick to your values. And I feel mm-hmm. like that's what I had to start with when I was thinking about remote rock stars and our company culture. And then another very trivial thing is follow up 
I mean, I just have to mention this, even though this is very simple and maybe not so deep, but it's so important these days, especially for people who are in a challenging financial situation and they're, again, getting discouraged because they're not getting any response back. But please mm -hmm. follow up and do it intentionally and maybe personalize it and not just a one-liner as far as like, have you seen my, or did you take a, a chance to take a look at my email or something like this? And then the very last thing and something that I already mentioned is to stay connected in mm. your personal and professional circles. And what I see happens a lot is that entrepreneurs get so carried away with their business and every like the, that entire workload that comes with handling their business that they forget to invest their time and energy into uh, maintaining their personal relationships and their family mm -hmm. connections that that just kind of like falls away and do keep those people close because they are your cheerleaders. Ultimately, they are your circle that you can fall back on and rely on. And the same with your colleagues and partners that um, have you maybe have a chance to foster those genuine, really authentic relationships where, again, you, you guys can support each other professionally and personally. And in my online business management certification training, we actually created a small accountability fabulous four and we still stay connected and we still meet twice a month and it's just absolutely amazing to see what those powerful women are doing share with them maybe my low times and my mm -hmm. high amazing times but it's just great to keep up with that connection and just have them in my space wow i love that's a great idea how did you do the you said the fab four Yes, Fabulous so Four. We just came four. up with this silly I name. Love it. <laughs> We're keeping up on uh, Slack. So we have our own channel and that's how oh. we stay connected. And then we have a standing meeting in our calendar with the Zoom link where we just meet bi-weekly and uh, share what's happening in our world. It's incredible. How, how, how did you find those women or those are already women that you're good friends with? You know what's amazing? It's again, Facebook. No matter mm -hmm. how many bad things people talk about Facebook, but Facebook <laughs> groups do actually help a lot for people to stay connected. So we were part of the certification program, that particular cohort, cohort. And so we just connected through some of the interactions in the group and kind of like all clicked. And so it's four of us. And now we're actually five. There's one more person that joined us. She was also in our certification program. It just didn't connect with us at that time. And, um, yeah, so absolutely amazing accountability in this inner circle that we have. And I just love those ladies. I love it too. I, I'm, I'm very inspired by your story about starting something like that mm -hmm. as well. I, uh, that's where it's at. I completely agree with... I'd be there. I love it. I love it. Like, a, like almost like a mastermind kind of inner circle. And I agree with it being really small because then mm -hmm. you can dive a lot deeper or something larger than having small groups that people can go into. Absolutely. And you probably know from your personal experience when you invest in more like higher end masterminds or accelerators, like those types of like higher touch programs, mm -hmm. you do actually come out with some deep relationships and this pro professional connections that last for years. And I feel like that's just another kind of like selling point, right? Like about it is. investing it is. into those, it's those um, authentic connections that you foster for life. It is completely. And when we start, when the country starts opening up again, you know, people can start meeting each other with, I like when those kind of masterminds also connect with some kind of event yeah. that everybody gets to meet each other at. That's, that's mm -hmm. also great. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. <laughs> and how can people connect with you further, Oksana? The, it's well, Remote we... Rockstars on, is that Remote Rockstars on Instagram? It is Remote Rockstars. It's our website, Remote Rockstars. We have a business page on Facebook under the same name. And then we also have a community um, actually designed for virtual assistants, online business managers to get some professional training and then for entrepreneurs and business owners to get maybe some hiring support for virtual members. So it's kind of like a good combination of both worlds. That's Remote Rockstars Club group on Facebook. Um, so basically 
anywhere you can type in remote rockstars, we come through. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Yeah, you have amazing SEO too, because it, it definitely thank comes so up first. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was such a pleasure having you on today and learning more about you. Oh my gosh, I thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. This was basically the best probably podcast I've ever been on. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Thanks for being here with us. Thank you, Allison.